okay, what the hell? I'm updating my fitness pal and vacuuming and washing the car doesn't come up as exercise. <laughs> <laughs> it seems so unfair when you're out there busting a sweat. <laughs> I guess just put the food in. <laughs> All right, food addiction seems like a good one to follow up our stories about our lives. I would say so, yeah. Basically, has a lot to do with a it. couple of food addicts living Still. the dream. Recovering food alcohol, food addicts? Food alcohol. Food addicts, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a big one, I think. I don't know. Do you, would you say that you were a food addict? Are you a 100, food addict? 100%. Still am a food addict. I just finished a cup of a strawberry jello at 10 o'clock at night. So I'm definitely still a food addict. Changed the foods that I'm eating, but absolutely. Recovering food addict. What about you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Been hammering back food <laughs> <laughs> for many years for many years <laughs> yeah, absolutely so yeah it's interesting there's definitely a lot of signs of that throughout the stories that we've shared of ourselves and our own journeys mm -hmm. and there's a lot of stories that are out there still that we haven't yet shared that we will get into in today's episode here and talk a little bit more about and hopefully share some of those things and, and sometimes it comes across as being funny but a lot of the stories are probably very serious and like something that you want to that I we should have paid better attention to as we, it was happening at the time I think I don't know like funny or I mean it's embarrassing but True. it's like something that we kind of laugh off at yeah. this point I think like it's like when you get hammered one night and you make a total fool of yourself and then you joke around about it I guess you wouldn't know what I'm saying but <laughs> joke around about it later <laughs> and then you joke around about it later but yeah. really you're like oh man same idea yeah you yeah. know I'll never do that again <laughs> I'm never drinking again I'm never binge eating a, a full large pizza myself with breadsticks again because of the way I feel I mean, yeah. same, same idea I feel like right? that. yeah very very similar exactly so it's interesting with food addiction and how different it is to alcohol addiction or drug addiction and how it's seen by society like, the, okay. I think the other thing is, is how similar it is, but how Absolutely. differently it's viewed by society. Right. I exactly. think like, I mean, an addiction's an addiction, obviously, no yeah. matter which way you slice it. But I think, I don't know. I mean, if you're a heroin addict or you're, you know, anything like that, it's, it's like, oh man, this person has a really big problem. Let's like send them through treatment. Let's. You know, and you would never, I don't know, you would never find anyone being like, oh, just like, why don't you take another hit of this? Like, <laughs> it's just one time and, and you know, it's like everything in moderation. But when it comes to food, it's like everybody is out there trying to. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Every event That's is, fine. every event is surrounded by what, what food you're eating or organized based on the food that you're having. And when you, when you go and you get there, unless you're unless you're like locked in your house because you're so big and can't move, then it is no matter how big you are or what size you are. It's something that is still socially acceptable and socially um, it's a norm for people just to eat all the time and to have that readily available all the time. But it's, it's totally different it, it, and it's very, very similar to 
other addictions. It's just as damaging and, it, and it, the, the effects are certainly a little bit different and what you see physically is a little bit different, but what it's doing to your body, it's still just as damaging in a different way, obviously, but right. still just as damaging, right? And that's the thing also like to go off on a tangent a bit, but like you might see someone or you might not even have a clue that somebody has a drug addiction or a alcohol addiction, but food addiction, I mean, it shows you're either super heavy mm -hmm. <laughs> or you're underweight, I guess. Yeah, like there's yeah. different kinds of food addiction, but right. we're talking more about more about overeating um, than overeating under than yeah. undereating. Yeah. I guess that's more of an eating disorder, sorry, than a food addiction. Right. Yeah. Still an addiction to the idea of food, you know, because mm -hmm. you can be addicted probably to not eating and, and do it going that way and the disorders that come with with wanting to be smaller, skinnier, mm -hmm. thinking that you're always too big and you need to be smaller. But the addiction certainly is real and the addiction certainly is there. And it's very similar to to other addictions that are more frowned upon mm -hmm. or more looked upon negatively. But they said it's very, very similar to that in that the the feelings of having food are very similar and needing food and wanting food. And when you finally do have food as somebody that's an addict, the feeling that um, your body gets is very similar to what like you, an alcoholic or a drug yeah, addict would get, right? Yeah, you're just waiting for your next fix. Yeah, just... the, the chemical reactions that cause that feeling of satisfaction or mm -hmm. gratification that you get from that is very, very similar, right? Yeah, you're waiting for your next hit. You're always looking for that and mm -hmm. waiting for that, right? It is very, very similar with food. Like um, you can go to town on something and you're like, and then you feel absolutely disgusting afterwards and then you're like, okay, right. like that that's so gross. I feel so disgusting. I don't want to do that right. again. And then as soon as that feeling wears off, you're like back in the fridge, like... Looking for what I'm looking what's for next. what the next snack is. That's right. And we still like we said at the beginning of here, we still have some of that. I know I certainly do, is you have dinner and then sometimes I'm still like that. What are we gonna have for a snack later on? Well, we're hanging out or watching a show mm -hmm. or after this or after that, like what are we gonna have as a snack? And tonight it was sugar free jello, but you know, we've certainly changed what we're having, what we're eating, but those signs of that food addiction are still there. Mm -hmm. Um as as a food addict I think you're still searching for that feeling that comes from from food right yeah I think it's just it's a it's a pattern too and a mm -hmm. habit just like like you said before like a a smoker that's like gets up in the morning is like okay well on my way to work or with my morning coffee yeah. I always have a smoke and so that's yeah. what I do well 915 coffee break yeah I have a smoke that's what I do. Whereas right. like when you're a food addict, you're like waking up and thinking, what can I get my hands on here? Yeah. Like, what is the most sugary? Like, I, I don't know. That, the sweetest for me substance anyways, the, the sweetest yeah. something. Like, right. What kind of, what kind of patterns and habits did you see that you, when you were going through kind of those unhealthy stages of your life, when it comes to eating and stuff like that, what are some of those habits that you had in your day-to-day -day routine that you would see that would tell you that you're a food addict or that you can now see looking back that you definitely were addicted to food um well as far like i think like it started out more with just like overeating like like i said in my little 
story there that I would come, like I wouldn't really eat much at school during the day, but I would come home and make like an entire like baking sheet of bagel bites mm -hmm. or like nachos, like enough to feed a family of, yeah. <laughs> like a family, a family of four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and that kind of thing. But I don't remember at that point being like, oh, I can't wait to get home and eat those bagel yeah, bites, yeah, right? Just... Like I, it was just like, but it was just eating to the point of feeling gross huh. and not uh -huh. knowing when to stop. Um, that's the habit, right? That's the, yeah, every day you go home, like, you just, that's what you do. Yeah. You don't so think, think on your way that's home. That's where it kind of like started out maybe mm -hmm. was more there. I don't, I don't know. Like it's hard to see the patterns when you go way back, but mm -hmm. I know as time went on, I mean, patterns wise, especially after I had kids and stuff when they would like go to bed and then it would be like, okay, well, who's going to the store because it's time for freaking <laughs> chips. Yeah. It's time for chocolate. <laughs> it's time for like candy. Some candy. Some, we got to suffice some candies. Yeah. Like you got to have all the things. <laughs> And then just eating to the point, point of feeling gross. But but not only that, but all day long, like getting up in the morning, stopping at Timmy's on the way to work, um, grabbing like a bagel, but also grabbing a donut, but not eating that in front of anyone. Just like yeah, in your car by yourself or whatever. Yeah. And then, I don't know, getting like being at the vending machine during the day, eating like Twix bars. And then... Mm. I don't know, like, I, and then I remember when I was at my biggest going to, like, taco time every day and getting, like, tater tots <laughs> with whatever on it and, and whatever sauce. else. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. exactly what that was. And then, like, on the way home, stopping at the, um... Corner store? The, not the corner store, but anyways, it was in the West Coast, or in the West Coast Express kind of thing. Train station. Right? Train station. Okay. It's late. <laughs> and um, then grabbing like M&M's or grabbing like a bag mm. of chips and a chocolate bar or whatever and eating mm. that on the way on the train on the way home and no one knowing about that. And then sometimes even stopping. I guess I don't think I would do that twice, but if I think I would if for some reason I couldn't like I was late or something like that, I would stop on the way home like. At, at a corner store or something and eat a bunch of crap before I got home and then yeah. it'd be dinner time and then eat dinner and then onto the chips and the whatever at night. Yeah, yeah, and... yeah. So it's interesting you said that twice in that when you're talking about some of your habits. It's mentioned twice um, not letting people see what you're eating. Mm -hmm. So like you get a donut or whatever in the morning and that was something you'd eat in private not let yeah. people see and then you know, afterwards you get your chips and chocolate bar and you're on your way home you don't let people see you yeah. eat that stuff or that. It's That's just like one random the... strangers on the train which don't know your that habits don't know me don't know. that don't that's know right. that i've been eating like that's right. crap all day right so that's and that's interesting because that's one of the one of the one of the signs of a food addict mm -hmm. is hiding your eating habits and hiding your food and what you're eating from other people yeah and so for me i did that quite a bit and one of the things that i always maintained later as i was bigger it, it was that i don't know what's wrong with me because you see me eat you see <laughs> that i eat the same as everybody else when i'm eating meals <laughs> yeah 
but it's the things that people don't see you eating. Yeah. And you always hide those things so you can use that excusiator and people aren't like, yeah, well, I see you on the way home from work eating a couple cheeseburgers (laughs) on your way home to have dinner. Right. It's those things that people can't see. Yeah. That, you know, obviously like there's some shame that comes with that, but there's also that like, I want to use the excuse later that I eat the same as everybody else. My body's the problem. It's not me. It's mm-hmm. my body that's the problem. Right. So you kind of want to use those excuses. I just have a right? slow metabolism. A slow metabolism. Exactly. <laughs> it can't burn off these three bags of M&Ms I mean, <laughs> While I sit here and do nothing. It's just crazy. My body sucks. Right. No. Um, it, that's, it's interesting that you, that you bring that up and, and talk about that. And habits is such a big thing when it comes to, to being a food addict because you get so ingrained with doing certain things. For me, it was every morning I'd go across the street to McDonald's on the way out and get, you know, two breakfast burritos, a couple of hash browns and orange juice. Right. And so that was, that was one of the things that I do um, every morning. The girl at the drive-thru knew my name, go every morning, I'd get the same thing and on the way to work. And then I'd get to work and I'd actually, I'd have the lunch that I brought with me. Mm-hmm. I'd eat like between 9am and 11am and then Come lunchtime, I have no lunch. So I'm like, I got to go out and get some lunch. It was like, it was this habit <laughs> every to. single, I have to have lunch. I didn't have a lunch. Right? So I had breakfast and then my lunch I ate as a snack in the morning and yeah. then I'd go out and grab lunch. And then when I was out having lunch, on the way back from lunch, I'd stop and grab a couple things to eat as snacks during the day in the afternoons, mm-hmm. right? And then obviously after work, obviously on the way home from work, I got to stop and grab something, right? Yeah. So a couple of pepperoni sticks or a can of Coke. No, you can't be hungry can't at all, right? Hungry, no. That's right. It's like it was a 25 minute drive. Like I couldn't wait. Yeah. Right. No. And so these are the habits that every day for years and years bring you to 400 pounds or to 300 mm-hmm. pounds. And a lot of times you don't even think about it. It's just so ingrained in what you do as a, as a day to day activity. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. There's definitely like, like the hiding of food, man. Like, that's such a huge thing. I, I don't know. Like, what's craziest things you ever did? Like, I what's the craziest thing? Craziest things ever did. Let's get into this. I, <laughs> Let's get deep. This isn't really going to be a very deep episode. I don't think this would be an interesting, like entertaining episode. But... Entertaining or just kind of I don't know, like it's thought provoking. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, I think for a lot of people that suffer from it, it's just like, oh yeah, that resonates. Like for sure. Oh. Yeah. But for people who who don't, it's like oh wow, you know, <laughs> people are doing this. And I think that's a key thing to mention is that there's so many people. So th- there's a lot of people out there that don't understand food addiction. People can understand without having an addiction to alcohol or drugs, you can understand that you can see it. You can see mm-hmm. people's lives and how they how they live because of that addiction. Mm-hmm. Whereas with food addiction, unless they're morbidly obese or they're very large, mm-hmm. you can't really see the signs of that. Because like, normally they don't sit and just binge eat in front of you. They're yeah. not pounding back four cheeseburgers or five, you know, a couple burgers, whatever it is. Um so you don't really see it very often, right? It's kind of a hidden thing. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of makes like it a little different. High functioning addict. It's true. Basically. It's true. Exactly. So the craziest things that, that not crazy. I'm not gonna say crazy, but it's, it's it's crazy to do. Right. It's just like, th- like it's things that like you would do the, as an addict. Yeah. yeah. Like the most unhealthy, like not, like I wasn't the type that like would stop and eat burgers and stuff like that. Like for me, it's like sugar. Oh, so food. it'd be like peanut M&Ms, peanut butter M&Ms, but, um, like those tubes of cookie dough, cookie dough. Okay. <laughs> just eating the tube. Just eating the tube. Well, I wouldn't eat it like out of the tube. I'd be, sophisticated but you cut spoon. it in pieces okay <laughs> come on 
but like Sorry, there's no it. way that that's like no, gonna get cooked like i'm no, buying this and i'm hiding it in the back of the fridge where no one else knows it is there and then when I'm, around, I'm eating cookie dough out of the thing. Icing, Chuck the garbage I outside. The, I would do the same thing with icing. Like cake like icing. Little, cake, little tubs yeah, of like cake the things icing. of okay. icing. Yeah. I would just eat that. Yeah. So good. It's just delicious. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's delicious. So bad. I remember um, yeah. many like many times. Like, I think I talked about a little bit my my story or, or my, my whole journey and stuff like that. But the five cent candies were always a killer one for me mm-hmm. to go and get. I couldn't have like 10 or 12, like a normal person would, whatever, but like like 40 or 50, like you fill the bag and then you sit at home, but it wasn't just that. Like you had to have, like you said, you had to the salty something, a chocolatey something, Mm -hmm. a candy something, and a drink to to wash it down with, right? You had to have a little bit of everything. It's just something like every night. But then on top of that, for me, one of the craziest things that I would do is almost every night for probably eight years, nine years was um, having a second dinner, right? Like you have dinner come home, have dinner. And then three or four hours later, the kids are in bed or whatever. And you're sitting mm-hmm. around. It's like, Hey, what do you want to have tonight? There's a McDonald's on the street. There's a Burger King down the street. There's a Wendy's. There's a KFC. Like, what do you want to get some sushi? Right. So every night you'd be like extra, extra dinner and every night. you would night. stop at the second dinner or would you need dessert after? The no, second the second dinner? dinner would be, would be it. Really? Yeah, How do you end the night with a second dinner? And not, <laughs> not have dessert, not have ice cream. <laughs> Well, a lot of times there would be, but it wasn't like every every time that would be the thing. Right? Speaking of ice cream. <laughs> we don't have any. No. <laughs> it's too bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Remember um, your, your story about your... Oh, yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Like there was... Okay, so there was a time there was a couple families that we went to, to Dairy Queen and we all got blizzards. And I remember eating a large blizzard as a eight or 10 year old kid and being full and not needing any more, that's for sure. And then there was another family friend that was there and she was around the same age as me, whatever. She ate like half of hers and she couldn't finish it. But I couldn't go, in my mind, I couldn't see her waste that blizzard. It was so delicious. I could yeah. not see her waste that. So I'm like, I'll have it. And so obviously I started eating it and I felt sick and, and got sick right there outside of the restaurant on the ground because I just had stuffed myself. And I mean, like as a young age, eight to 10 years old, the definition of an addict. I mean, like when yeah. you're like a junkie on the street and or you're getting like, wasted every night or whatever and you're mm. you're getting sick you're overdoing you know it, yeah. like it's this it's the same it's the same mentality and it's you know like it's like your 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 body is saying like no yeah, i don't stop want that. any more okay. of this but your mind is like you need right more it feels good like this it you is it gives you that gratification until you feel sick and you just literally cannot right consume anymore you can't take it anymore your yeah. body can't handle it and anymore. i would you know and it would be like that like even at like family things like my auntie jean used to make these like delicious sugar cookies <laughs> and then i would eat like so many of them that like you just feel absolutely disgusting but it's like these are so good mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i can't stop like it's not like okay i'm just gonna have one of these things that taste delicious and just look just enjoy just, it yeah, and just move on with your night it and it, it's yeah. not that was not doable. Sure. That's that's very true. I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I think the interesting thing is like your mind, it's not necessarily just when you're there and you see it and you eat it. It's something that goes on constantly in your mind. Mm-hmm. I remember so many times um, we go to my grandparents' house, we go to family members' house and we're like, hey, we're going to go there, we're all going to order pizza and we're going to just enjoy a night together and hang out. And, and I'm thinking in my mind, 
that's fun. Sounds good. We're going to order pizza for everybody. I'm wondering if I'm going to have enough pizza. There's going to be enough for me to have. Like, so I'm planning ahead by a couple hours thinking, okay, what if I get there and there's not enough and I don't get enough pizza? Which would be like two pieces. Which would be two or three pieces. Like that's enough for any person to have that would yeah. a regular meal. But I'm thinking, okay, if I don't have four, maybe five, like, so I should probably eat something before I come just to make sure that I'm going to be full enough <laughs> yeah. afterwards. Right. Like, and that's a sad thought to have, obviously, is that like, we're going for dinner if there's not enough food, I should make sure that I have food before we get there. And then, I'll clean, then I can still enjoy four or five pieces if there's enough for me to have that. Yeah. But then if I only have three, I know that I've had enough because I've eaten beforehand. Right? So it's such a crazy mind game. I remember Christmas time. Wanting to go to my to family's house for Christmas. The first thought everybody has is we're going to get together as a family. It's going to be great. We're going to play some games, watch some movies, have fun. And my thought heading over there was, and it, and it was for many years, is this is awesome because my grandparents always have such delicious food out on the, on little platters throughout the house. They have little chocolates and candies and cookies and all the things. So I'm thinking to myself, Hey, we're going to go have this wonderful time at Christmas and the food is amazing. And the family being there is great too. Right? Like that, and that, that's a sad thought. And there's going to be so many people there. No one's going to notice that's how right. many times my hand is in the freaking exactly. cheesy bowl. That's right. Exactly. I can sit there and eat as much as I want. Nobody notices because everybody's running around. And that is how you get to 400 pounds. You know, that's <laughs> that there, folks. <laughs> that, something to recover that from, that's for it. sure. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what other things would you do that were uh, delicious? That, that, was, that what other things would <laughs> I do? What other mindset? What other mindsets did you have around food that gave you reason to, to understand and know that you're, you're an addict to food? Is there anything else that you can think of? Um, I don't know. Like, like I said before, it's just, it's the, the fact that when you're any other type of addict, it doesn't really show, mm -hmm. but obviously like there's no way that you can't show that you are a food addict mm -hmm. because you're walking around and it's obvious It's obvious, yeah. because you're carrying around all this extra weight. Yeah. Um, but like, as far as like, I don't know, I always knew that I was an like I always I've known forever not mm -hmm. forever but I've known for a long time that sugar is a major problem for me but and even knowing that though and telling yourself like you have to stop doing this like mm -hmm. you're you feel so horrible and you feel so just it makes you feel like crap constantly physically but, sick physically, physically sick yeah. but you just don't have the power over it like mm -hmm. it's controlling you push it all aside yeah and just look forward to that feeling you yeah get when you're eating. exactly whether it's the, the the feeling of the taste in your mouth or whether it's the feeling of like that comfort that food gives you yeah you're searching for and it's stuff. funny because i don't remember where like where getting that comfort from food came from mm -hmm. you know like it's weird right it's or why or like why you develop that yeah there's nothing like I, I can't put it my finger on the exact reason why that ha why that was the case either i don't i don't know like why food but i guess it just mm -hmm. so some of the other sense. signs of like a food addiction we've talked obviously about some of these but gorging on more food than you can physically tolerate mm -hmm. we've talked about that for sure mm -hmm. and some stories there that go along with that and co-assign with that um eating to the point of feeling ill mm -hmm. every meal mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> almost every meal right going out of your way to obtain certain foods 
Going out of your way to obtain, I mean, leaving your house every single night to obtain, yeah. you know. You could be doing something else or just relaxing or whatever, you know, not eating food at night. I don't know. Kind of... I was just so unhealthy with the things that I would choose too. Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. I said, like the icing, the, yeah. the cookie dough, the like Mr. Noodles, you know, the Mr. Noodles, yeah. like crunch those up and just. For like American friends, like ramen noodles. Same yeah. Idea. yeah. So, so bad. Yeah. Um. I remember when I was a kid taking like one of those like family size like jumbo jello packs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the powder? Like the powdered jello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to school and just eating that. Like, what are so... you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> just, just, it's like a pixie stick. I guess. Kind of like that, right? Like the kids, they package them and sell them to kids the same way almost. It's I very similar so. to Maybe that. Maybe I was right? smarter than I thought. I don't it's know. a million dollar idea you missed the boat on. Damn it. <laughs> Um, difficulty functioning in a career or job due to decreased efficiency. Did you ever like eat yourself to sleep? Well, yeah, I'd fall asleep at my desk in the afternoons for sure. Like when I worked at my last job, when I first started there, I was kind of at the peak of my, my weight. And I remember many times I had music playing on my computer and I was sitting on the computer and I was kind of at a back corner. And I remember many times dozing off in my seat at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, the two right? o'clock nap time. Yeah, the time. two o'clock nap time because yeah. I've eaten enough at food. Like, I didn't go crazy. Like, I wasn't eating six burgers and three fries. Like, I was eating regular meals, but it was very consistently too, eating them. too much. But I was yeah. eating five yeah, full meals a day, not little meals. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. So, to the point where, like, and also, I talked about it in my story as well, but the sleep apnea part of it, mm-hmm. I had sleep apnea so bad that one of the jobs that I had, I just could not get up in the morning to function and to do that job. So I actually quit that job to go back to school. A lot of that was, was that was like transitioning from that. And a lot of the reason was because I couldn't be accountable until 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, you're doing a sales job on construction sites, visiting with customers. Like you can't get up at 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning and really have a full effective day. Mm -hmm. So that definitely had a huge part of a huge part of that. Um, Another sign of it is spending significant amount of money buying certain foods on binging purposes obviously you going at night and spending if, 20 bucks yeah on like 20, 30 you, bucks. and that's the thing is like now i'm like the cheapest person ever like the other day i like <laughs> dropped the ketchup out of the like the extra ketchup out of the cupboard not my ketchup the children's <laughs> ketchup um and it like splattered everywhere and i was like oh man i don't want to like i crack the container and i well had to take the old container and like Dump pour all that, that ketchup, pour into, that ketchup the into that new container because I'm cheap and I didn't right. want to spend $3 on another one. But yet I would go to the corner store and get probably 15 to $20 worth of food every night. Every night, yeah. Plus whatever I was eating like on the way home. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you think it's like, how is that? That's worse than like smoking a pack a day. For like, sure what is. are you doing? Yeah. But you don't think anything of it because it's like, well, it's food and we all need food. There's yeah. so much of a, a stigma, the word. Like, they're, like for sure. You, yeah, everybody Everyone needs food. food. You need it, but it's like you don't need that much. You don't, and you need, don't need a full family-sized bag of potato yeah. chips at night with a chocolate bar and no, candies and, and, a, and a couple of things of Coke. And that's the thing is I, I remember... At the time where I was going to school and I was going through that process, I wasn't making a lot of money because I was full-time in school, living off of some student loans and also living off of uh, paternity leave after my first daughter was born. And I remember doing a budget, wondering, why don't I have money? Like, why mm-hmm. do I never have money? 
and I'm putting my budget together and I'm looking at it. I'm like, we spend this much on groceries. We spend this much on rent or our mortgage, this much on insurance, car insurance, gas. Like we should have like 600 bucks a month sitting aside, 700 bucks a month sitting aside. And like, we never have money. What's going on here? And I didn't even clue into this, but like, it's the, it's the food every night, mm -hmm. the $30 that we spent on the second dinners every single night. Yeah. That's eating that up, but you don't even put it on the budget because you don't want to face the reality of yeah. you got to stop doing that. Yeah, exactly. Right? Two, three hundred dollars every yeah. paycheck goes to that. <laughs> I guess we're going to just ride a bike to work because, that's well, right. no, we're not going to do that Rock because that's that. way too much exercise. <laughs> <It's> exercise. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad. Yeah, well, it's bad habits, right? What we do? <laughs> Start making our own toilet paper. Okay, we need a second job. <laughs> Start making our own toilet paper. We're recycling paper towels. That now. never would have flown during the pandemic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man that's so true um some of the effects of food addiction we've talked about some obviously money not having money spending a lot of money on it um it's it's actually um, really interesting the physical effects the physical effects obviously of feeling sick feeling ill the weight gain the just feeling gross all the time like really when i look back at my life in those in those years where I was kind of out of control with it, I felt gross all the time. Every morning was headaches. Mm -hmm. Every afternoon I was falling asleep and lethargic and things like that. Always having like a stomach ache of some mm -hmm. sort. Just never ever feeling healthy or good or light. Always yeah. just feeling gross. Yeah. You were just gonna say something before I cut you off that. You're like, it's funny. You have no idea. It's funny. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Go on. No, I don't now that I went down okay. a rabbit hole, I don't remember. Sorry, sorry. Um, that's okay. That's okay. Um, talking about the, the kind of the effects of food addiction and you know what it, how it presents itself in day-to-day -day life, it's interesting because I remember a lot of times um, sitting at like a family function or a dinner, sitting even when I'm out with customers doing like when I'm on business trips and things like that, mm -hmm. I remember a lot of times... Um, sitting at a table or with a group of people, everybody's interacting and talking and having a good conversation. And there's something left on the table, like some sort of food, whether it was a piece of cake, whether it was, you know, the last of the, last the fries, piece of last piece of pizza, whatever yeah. it might be. I remember so many times sitting there and not concentrating on the conversation that's flowing and going and enjoying conversation, enjoying the company of other people. But it's um, sitting there looking at that leftover piece of food item, just thinking to myself, I want that. I, I need that. How am I going to get it without people noticing right now, mm -hmm. right? And not concentrate on the on the, the conversation that's had around the table, but just thinking that that's my prime focus right now. That's my prime if focus you, is that extra food right there, and I want I can't waste it. I got to eat it because it's delicious, <laughs> but I also can't see it go to waste because it just wouldn't be right. 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 I'm doing the world a service by you know not wasting food. Right? And that's the thing is like there's so so much about not wasting food like even just like a family size bag of chips like mm -hmm. okay i've already eaten the m&ms and whatever and it wasn't just me i was the only one eating these things but still of course yeah. like it's a family affair you can't like there was no such thing as like oh i'm gonna eat half of this like chip clips what the freaking hell do they make those for <laughs> like no one has extra chips there's no such thing no one eats that. half a bag of m&ms and these no. are the bag you don't you don't don't, you feel like you have to finish that. Yeah. Like you, you owe it to yourself. Yeah. There's just, there's something about it. Like where you yeah. just, it, you have to finish it. Just like you can see that blizzard go to waste or whatever. Or like, even if, I don't know, no matter what's on your plate, it's just like, oh, I'm stuck. Like, whereas now 
I can be like, I'm stuffed and mm-hmm. I can stop eating and not finish it and right, not exactly. be like thinking to myself, like I've done something terribly wrong. I don't know. I guess I still am like cheap and don't want to like see food go to waste. So I'll always ask you if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. And sometimes I'll take it. Sometimes I won't, but I can now turn that off if I'm full. Yeah. Right. I can now turn off that desire, that need to finish something. If I'm actually full, I don't need to. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's something that obviously I've had to physically learn mm-hmm. and I've had to get my, 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 wrap my head around that. And I think a lot of it is understanding and learning that food really is a fuel for your body. Mm-hmm. Food shouldn't always be an entertainment for your body. It shouldn't always be about the taste of the food yeah. uh, and the comfort that comes from food. It's a fuel yeah. that we need and your body needs. I mean, taste is important. Sure it is. I think also when you're eating the right things, when you're actually eating real food, not manufactured mm-hmm. food, you you get full and not grossly full because yep. your body is actually like, I know what to do with this food. I know how to process this food. And, you know, I know whether to tell you to stop or go. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're putting like refined sugars into your body and like, all those kinds of things. Like, cause like I said before, you wouldn't eat like six bananas, right? you know, you probably wouldn't eat two pounds of strawberries, right? And just to gorge yourself on those things. No, you just wouldn't do that. But because it's like with chips or with pizza or with chocolate or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, there's just something about those types of foods that -hmm. just trigger something in your body, in your brain, where you're just like, I need more. And like, that's like right. the addictive part that's of it. That's the addictive part of it. Exactly. Because you don't really see a lot of food addicts that eat healthy foods. Like, do right. you? No, I don't think I so. Don't, like, mean, nobody's no. gorged themselves on salads. No. Like, you might eat a salad, but no one's eating a whole head of lettuce because no they like, want to. I just can't stop. I can't like, stop I gotta eating eat the this. entire garden. <laughs> <laughs> I won't stop until this garden, this is, garden is obliterated. Bare. Forget the rabbits. These, the, the, those carrots are mine. <laughs> Like nobody's doing that, right? No one's doing that. It's funny because it's those highly palatable foods that are causing yes. that endorphin rush, that are causing the insulin spikes, mm-hmm. that provide that addictive reaction. Mm-hmm. Your body gets that reaction from it, the endorphins that come from it, and the comfort that comes from it, um, and that satisfaction that comes from those foods. It's, it's not coming from lettuce. It's not coming no. from you know some beets. It's not coming from those kind of things. Yeah. A, a chicken breast, yeah. for example, like. Those might be delicious if you cook them right, but that's not where but you're, the addiction yeah, is. No one's eating seven chicken breasts for dinner, no. right? I mean, unless you're bodybuilder or whatever yeah. it is, right? But you know, it's just not something that you choose to run to when you want comfort food, right? No, I don't it's, think so. Well, I think now I'd be like, mm, delicious for sure. But, absolutely. Like, actually, I don't know. Like that cauliflower rice tonight was like a comfort. It was delicious. Food. Yeah, that's what that fried was. cauliflower rice, cream cheese. It's delicious. I would say that now is a comfort food for sure. That is like the mashed potatoes of the keto world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So with the, obviously we've gone through a process now. We've, we've changed a lot of our mindset and how we see food, how we view food. There was obviously a time in our lives where something had to have clicked to try to change that and move that into a different direction really. Mm -hmm. And so what was that for you? What was that? point of your life where you're that I need to I need to do something about this really it's such a process I think like I don't know if I can really pinpoint when it happened but I think 
for sure seeing that 298 on the scale and being like, okay, wow, like I'm, I'm 300 pounds, but it wasn't like at that point I was like, okay, I need to do something about it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think after I had to get my gallbladder out, I was kind of just forced into it, not forced into it, but I, I didn't feel well after that and I was like it because it suppressed my appetite a bit I just I don't know I didn't I couldn't just start eating a bunch of garbage right away and I was it kind of scared me into thinking Mm -hmm. I couldn't eat a lot of garbage too because it was like you're not supposed to eat tons of fat and you know you got to eat healthy stuff so I think at that point I just started losing a bit just from just eating Watch, Yeah, like general. eating healthier and just like watching my portions and okay. stuff like that. Not so much watching them, but I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't want to eat that much. So yeah. it kind of got me started on it. Okay. And then I lost that bit, whatever, I got down to like 225. But then as I started feeling better, that the whole mini chocolate bar thing. Um, <laughs> Halloween. That as that starts creeping back in because... At the end of the day, you haven't changed any of your habits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what really scared me into it was when I hit 270 back after like getting back down to 225 and going back up to 270 yeah. again. I was like, okay, I am just not going to do this to myself again. Like I was so close. Like I was getting there. I was, I was, I was doing a good thing here. I was yeah. feeling a lot better and stuff. So I was just like, no way and there was just something that clicked in that moment I think where I was just like I'm not doing this again like I'm Mm -hmm. done I need to change for sure I still didn't at that point know what my big grand master plan was like I think some people maybe do or that they'll like go out and get a trainer and they'll go out and get a nutritionist and they'll do nutritionist Mm -hmm. yeah um and they'll do all of these things but I just kind of was a one-man show like I just decided on my own I was going to do it and I just got down to business really yeah. figured out what worked mm-hmm. for you and went, went at it how about you yeah for me definitely it was seeing a four in the front of my number in the scale that was the big thing is as soon as I saw that like I had weighed myself for a long time and then finally looking at myself in the mirror and buying a scale that actually went high enough for myself but seeing that that was now I thought it was around 350 to 360 pounds, somewhere in there. When I bought a scale, I bought it up to 450 pounds just to make mm-hmm. sure. But when I saw 403 on that scale, that scared me into, I better do something about that. And then, like I said, my uncle passing away um, with, with because of obesity and stuff like that, like kind of a combination of things that just scared me into really straightening out my life. Like even the sleep apnea didn't scare me. Like that was years and years before. Mm-hmm. Um, but realizing that 400 pounds is not a healthy weight to be at, no matter who you are, no matter what, that's not a healthy weight to be at. And <clears throat> I'm severely limiting the length of my life by being that size. And so that kind of got me kickstarted into, I got to figure something out, right? And then when our friends introduced us to keto, I said, I like steak, I like meat, I like you know mm-hmm. vegetables and stuff, I can do this. And that that's what started off for me is that's kind of the path where... Mm-hmm. I we think I gotta do something. Yeah, I think like the keto thing, like for me, because I knew I had done Atkins before, mm-hmm. and I that was the only diet, quote unquote, that I was actually successful with. That was the only thing where I didn't feel 
like I was missing out on things. Like I was still allowed to have or able to have things that I liked. Yeah. So like I was like, okay, I can have Caesar salads and bacon and I can have eggs. Like yeah. I can have beef jerky again. Sounds good. <laughs> Certain kind of um, beef jerky. Yeah. And so I remembered that from before. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to do keto though. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to do this this time. And I think because I had such a sugar addiction, just getting through that first little bit and getting into ketosis and then having those cravings go away, then I was like unstoppable after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was totally unstoppable, but like I, I was focused and like driven and had my eye on the yeah. prize, I think. And then once you start seeing some results from that mm-hmm. work and that time, then it gets more motivating and more motivating yeah. as you go, right? It starts to feel good. And, and I know one of the things that we've talked a lot about is like the number on the scale and seeing the scale and sometimes see, a lot of people talk about the scale kind of being like, don't follow the scale or don't look at the scale because it scares you or whatever it is, or it's, it's, it can, you can be obsessive over it, yeah. which you can. And sometimes you're losing inches and you mm-hmm. really aren't like, especially you have the stalls of weight, yeah. but your inches will come down. Yeah. Still. So she has to get lower. Like you uh, can't, you, start... you can't obsess over the scale for right. sure. It's a fine but... line. Mm-hmm. But I think as someone that's 403 pounds, as soon as you see 397, yeah. it feels good. You want to keep yeah. going. Okay. Now you see 395. Like this is amazing. I don't see anything in the mirror difference. But yeah, that number's coming down a little bit. And so that makes you want to keep going. It's the only way that you can... Yeah, it's the only way you can judge, judge it at first, especially at. before yeah. you can start seeing your clothes getting looser, mm-hmm. before you can start putting another notch in your belt or before things like that. So it's, you know, I think it's a fine line there with not being obsessive, but also understanding that you're not going to physically see something right away. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a, a, some kind of a, a, a sign that it's working, right? And that right. kind of helps you get motivated and keep kicking yourself into into action, right? Um I think kind of the point is that there's the food addiction isn't something that everybody sees in somebody all the time, mm-hmm. even with alcoholism and other things like that. Sometimes you don't see that. Sometimes people live as a functioning alcoholic, for example, and you don't necessarily see the signs of that. But I think the food addiction is definitely absolutely a real thing. Mm-hmm. When I, when I would never, I couldn't say it isn't because I've lived that life and I'm, I'm still recovering from that. And I still see the signs of that at times, but I think there's a way to, to get yourself out of that by changing your habits and changing mm-hmm. what you're doing. And the effects of that are huge and it can happen very quickly, really. You can see the effects of getting yourself out of that addiction and working on that addiction quite easily and quite significantly. It's just, you have to be ready for it though. Like right. I think it's just so, yeah. it's so difficult because food is just, it's there. It's at every, everywhere. it's everywhere. Like you go to the movies, you need the popcorn. You go yeah. to, you know, out for dinner, you need dessert. You go to Christmas dinner, it's this right. and that. Like there's, it's just everywhere. Everywhere is food. Everything is like revolves around food. And it's so hard. To, like you can decide like, okay, I'm not going to go near the bar. Or That's I'm right. not going to go to the liquor store. Or mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into these places. But food is freaking everywhere. And so you're forced to just constantly be making the right choices mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And it's one thing to just make the right choices when you're not addicted to food. But when you are, it's like, it's just a constant like right. carrot dangling in front of you. Like 100%. so difficult to do. But I think once you do just get fed up with your own crap, mm-hmm. that's the only time like 
something just clicks or For you just sure. have one little moment that clicks and then the ball gets rolling from there. Yeah. It totally does. Yeah. And I think for me, the biggest thing for me was the things that I did that people didn't see that I had to change first. Mm-hmm. Right. So first you have to make that conscious decision that if, for me, I had to make the conscious, conscious decision that I'm not going to McDonald's in the morning for breakfast mm-hmm. anymore. I'm going to eat something at home. And then cause at home, you're, it's easier to have something that's healthier yeah. in the morning than it is McDonald's. Right. So, yeah. Um, it's making the conscious decision for me, it was things that people didn't see. So if I'm leaving work and I'm going home for dinner, I'm not stopping anywhere. I'm yeah. going straight home for dinner yeah. for, like you said, you go to, you go to the, the movie theater with the family or whatever you're doing. It's that thing in your mind that tells you, I don't really need that popcorn. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do that. But for me, it was the things behind closed doors that people didn't see that I needed to start with not having drawers full of junk food in my desk at work. Yeah. You know, like not going out after Halloween and buying $60 or $70 worth of Halloween candy because it was on sale and putting it at my desk and eating it mm-hmm. over the course of the next week, right? Like it's the things that people don't see that, that I needed to change first. Yeah, it's building that. I kind of talked about it in the last one, but building that trust with yourself. Like mm-hmm. because you're basically like when you're doing that kind of thing, you're, you're almost kind of lying to yourself because you're thinking to yourself, I mean, you're lying to everyone else, but you're, because you're trying to hide it Mm -hmm. for as long as you're like giving into that, like, Oh, I'm just going to hide this and I'm I'm not going to, nobody else is going to know, but you know, and then you beat yourself up about it because you're like, okay, come on. So I think changing those things that people don't see first and creating that, that trust within yourself that you're you're doing this right. and you're not you know falling back into these old things is a huge step for sure absolutely when you look yourself in the mirror every morning and you you, you got to find a way to be proud of yourself mm-hmm. and that is changing those things that no one else can see and that's really what being genuine and being authentic to yourself means is doing things right for yourself even if people don't see those things that that you're doing that yeah. you're changing and that's like you said that's a great point is building trust in yourself and, and trusting that you can do it mm-hmm. by making some of those little changes and some of those some of those things that's that's a huge point and then that like you said that snowballs from there right it does because you're like oh okay well i did that so i'm gonna make the next choice i make is gonna be a good one and mm-hmm. you just keep on doing that and then you're like oh yeah like i can trust myself like the things i say in my mind I actually can follow through with right like what else can I do you know mm-hmm. how far can I take this yeah right and then the world is your oyster right sometimes you need I don't know some kind of accountability like for me like Instagram was like a huge it was a huge thing because I started that account just as an accountability thing for myself mm-hmm. to be like okay this is where I'm at you know and obviously not having like a following or anything, but following a bunch of other people who were, who had actually done the, done the whole thing and like gone through with it and stuck with it. For sure. And then seeing people at the same point in their journeys that I was at and being able to relate to them and that kind of thing. And then also seeing myself, like my own progress mm-hmm. move along and, and all of that. So I don't know. It's interesting when you look back at the beginning of those, those like the first Transformation Tuesday pictures mm-hmm. that, that we would do and that, that I did or that you did. You can look back at those now and like two weeks or three weeks after you posted that, there's not much of a difference. But then you're six months or seven months down the road. Mm-hmm. You can look back and say, wow, 
I came from, that's where I was. Yeah. I, now I've gone this far. Like, what else can I do? Mm. Where else can I go? We've had to have kind of a reset here recently. We've kind of got a little bit, little bit stagnant in our, in our fitness and things like that and what we were doing. And so we've kind of just recently started talking again, like, what are we doing to get back to the gym, to eat properly? We started tracking our food again. And that comes, a lot of that is part of that whole trusting yourself. And for a long time there, like just eating still, eating keto foods and low carb foods mm-hmm. and stuff, but not tracking it, going over on calories clearly every mm-hmm. day because we weren't losing for quite a while. Mm-hmm. It was like very maintenance mode, yeah. but there's still work that we need to do with ourselves. And mm-hmm. so, you know, realizing that we still need to be accountable to ourselves and it's nice to have accountability with people and, and people to be there with you and you can see people's progress, see your own progress. So that's a great point. I think the Instagram thing and following along with other people's journeys as mm-hmm. well and getting engaged with people is, is huge Seeing as well. you're not the only person going through yeah. a, a, a plateau or whatever, but yeah. that also there's usually a reason for it too. Like you can't go back to like lying to yourself and being exactly. like, okay, well I don't know what the heck is wrong. And I mean, I don't think it's been so much like, I don't know what the heck is wrong. It's like, okay, like let's, you, let's be honest. You kind of, yeah. Right. You, and that's what, what tracking really helps with is like actually seeing how Where quickly things add up. Right. You know? Exactly. Cause just because you're eating a bunch of things that aren't full of sugar doesn't right. mean you're not eating too much crap. That's right. So. Calorie in calorie out is still an important yeah. thing. And that's if you're not seeing thing. that, Absolutely. It is. At the beginning, not so much. I think like when you have a lot of weight to lose, it it doesn't make as much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Like you can start with keto and just like go balls to the wall on bacon all day long, right. and, Take it, the carbs and you're out, probably still gonna lose sure. like crazy. But I think once you get a certain amount off, you still gotta watch your watch the macros, watch the carbs, watch the Absolutely. calories. Absolutely. And it's funny, I think I use the word maintenance mode, but in reality, there really isn't a maintenance mode because there's always work you should be doing of some sort, mm-hmm. whether it's you still want to lose fat, whether you want to tone up or build some muscle or whatever it would be, or, or working on your mental strength and your mental abilities, there's always something to be doing. So really maintenance mode shouldn't really be part of the conversation because there's always work that you can do and there's always mm-hmm. something that you can do. And a next goal to look forward to, right? Yeah. So if you do want to get engaged with us on social media, we're both on Instagram. Um, at Merdiculous. 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 M I R D I C U L E S S. Merdiculous. And mine is salesguy.on.keto. So if you want to get engaged and have a conversation, then we're always willing to chat. And if you want an accountability partner or you want someone to, to bounce ideas off us, we're both available to chat about that. So feel free to connect with us there. so yeah I think I think the biggest thing is you really need to like where food addiction is a habit and all the times that you eat are habits and all these things you do you just have to number one replace those foods I think starting out almost with replacing those foods with with healthier options is one thing for sure Mm -hmm. but you also have to create new habits altogether because there's no way that you're going to completely change your your ways if you're just doing the same thing constantly like if you're still sitting on the couch every night eating then that's what you're going to do like you have to put something else in its place number one like change the the food for sure but number two change what you're doing just in general because Mm -hmm. if you don't 
if you don't change things up, you're going to fall back into the same thing again. And we've kind of done that over the last right. while. And that's why we kind of kickstarted ourselves mm -hmm. again and doing other things. So one of the things that we're starting to do is going for walks at lunch instead of just sitting down and eating at lunch. Mm -hmm. We'll have a quick quick lunch of some sort, you know, if, if, we're, if we're able to, depending on what mm -hmm. we're doing in the day, whatever. Um, going for a walk at lunch and spending yeah. 20 minutes or half an hour walking. And even right? looking at that today, like tracking, putting that in there, like it's 130 calories or whatever. Yeah, a it, quick half an hour walk. Yeah. yeah, but that makes a difference. For like, sure it does, huge. Rather than yeah. sitting around. And and you talk about replacing food. Replacing certain foods with other foods is a great habit to mm -hmm. get into, is thinking about and preparing and planning what you're going to buy and have yeah. in the house. Yeah. Right? So if you have a couple snacks that you can have that fall within your macros and that are still healthy ones, then that's great. You can definitely do that. And that's a, that's a habit to get into, is preparing for those nights where you do want to have a snack mm -hmm. or something like that. You don't always have to deprive yourself and say, I'm just going to have water, yeah. but replacing some of those things. Like you definitely want to get in the habit of trying not to snack at night or snack and do these things, but you know, getting into the habit of preparing more for those. But also not setting yourself up for failure. Like exactly. you're going to the movies with everybody. I mean, not right now because COVID, but um, knowing that you're not going to have popcorn and this is really, I mean, not everyone's not going to have popcorn, but we obviously don't have popcorn. Yeah. Um, but bringing something like, almonds or something else that you could have like where you're replacing that with something right. else sunflower seeds or almonds yeah. or pork rinds or whatever it might be yeah whatever it might be so that you aren't feeling deprived so you're not going into that like triggering state of mm -hmm. like eh, i can't have anything and then you just want to binge afterwards because you right. eventually just can't take it anymore and one of the things that we started doing is when we go out to a family dinner or something like that we'll bring our own keto approved dessert yeah so we're not feeling like we're just gonna sit there and watch everybody eat dessert we can yeah. still have something we don't have those desserts all the time but when you're going for a meal or going with someone to a, to a dinner party or mm -hmm. whatever it is um, like at christmas time we'll bring something to still feel like we can be included in that mm -hmm. and it's something that obviously fits within our macros and fits within our right. our things right so replacing drinks for example instead of having you know pop all the time or having mm -hmm. things is replacing that with water and doing yeah. things like that is just developing better habits so that um, the addiction becomes different maybe for a while mm -hmm. until you can start weaning yourself off of those things and start yeah. having less of those things and then tracking what you're eating is a huge one as well I definitely would recommend that to anybody who's either in a stall or just starting or wants to figure out why am I plateaued or why am I stopping why am I not feeling great why am I not sleeping great at night yeah track your food track exactly what you're doing there's a huge and then realize that you know those two pepperoni sticks are 560 oh, yeah, exactly and you're like oh exactly damn, I guess I'm not having ice cream tonight right? that's right exactly yeah those are all positive ways to, to turn that addiction into more positives mm -hmm. and stuff like that right so at the end of the day Food addiction is a real thing. Food addiction is something that a lot of people suffer with. Yale University did a study that showed that one in every 20 people in America are addicted to food of some sort. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a real thing. And if you're more aware of your habits and you're more aware of what you're doing, there's a, there's, there's a great chance that you can beat that and you can still um, be healthy, really. It's not a healthy way to live, obviously. And a lot of things that you do when you're addicted to food are not physically or mentally healthy, but you can definitely beat that if you look for the signs of it and, and work on it. You can definitely do it. And I'm still doing that. We're still doing that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, resetting yourself. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a, a lifelong, it's been a lifelong addiction and a lifelong battle and it will continue to be that. Like, it's just going to be a constant thing that 
that you have to check yourself and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah, got to keep doing the right thing. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. Well, thanks for hanging in there with us tonight. And we're getting listening. the red. We're getting the red we're, light. We're getting the red light. Thanks for listening to the stories. And if you want more, I'm sure we'll be sharing more in upcoming episodes as well. And things that we did or have done that may not be the healthiest that we've changed. So thanks for being here. Talk Toodaloo. to you. <laughs>